Hello, and welcome to Genuine Connections, where I invite strangers and friends and family to ultimately connect. And I'm your host, Jen. Today's guest is Michael. Say hello, Michael. Pleasure to meet you guys. Thank you for coming on to the podcast, Michael. Absolutely. Um, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit and explain more about who you are? Sure. So my name is Michael, like Jen said. Uh, I'm a marketing graduate student at the University of Tampa, so right down the street. So I definitely have Tampa connections, which is awesome. Um, I'm very passionate about family, music, and 1950s, 1960s culture, entertainment. Uh, I studied history in my undergrad at UT and graduated in Mar- uh, excuse me, May of 2020, and now I'm about to graduate my master's uh, in two weeks, which is crazy to think about. Wow, congrats. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, That's I know, it's crazy. so exciting. It's, it's very exciting and nervous at the same time, but it's, it's, it's definitely, I'm ready for the next chapter, so. Have you started looking for your next job yet, or are you kind of waiting? I'm waiting. I wrote a list of different things I'm, lo- I'm looking into, uh, different options. I'm you know, putting all the cards on the table. You know, part of me wants to look into uh, getting into resident event planning for retirement homes. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of connection with elders, and I love that that era. They, they <laughs> right, right. Um, which we'll talk about a little more today. Right. Uh, also, I'm looking at you know marketing agencies and advertising agencies in the area. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking at you know running an office at a music school. So I'm looking at a couple different options, but I'm gonna let that happen the beginning of next year and enjoy my last couple weeks as a student. Right. I totally understand. That's that's a great idea. Awesome. All right. Um. So funny thing. So I just moved to Tampa. A week ago. That's so crazy. Yeah, and and so I'm just trying to make friends and meet people. Yeah. And I met you, what, like a week and a half ago? Or I, talk, I started talking to you yeah, a week and right. a half ago. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And we uh, were texting pretty well, back and forth. And you were asking me if I had any plans for Thanksgiving. And sure. I said, no, I don't. Because I don't know anybody here. I don't have any plans. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just staying in Tampa. And so I was just going to work on my podcast, do some chores around the house or the apartment. And then, and you were very kind and you asked me if I wanted to go to your family's Thanksgiving. And I said, no, like I don't want to barge into your family Thanksgiving. I don't want to do that. Um, And then as the day progressed, I felt just so like malnourished of human interaction. And so I reached out to you just like, what, an hour? Or maybe right as your party was starting? Yeah, I think people were just starting to get there, but it's still, you know, very, very early in the evening. Right, right. So I, I probably reached out like mid to late afternoon, or probably like mid-afternoon, and was like, hey, can I actually come over tonight for Thanksgiving? And Michael was like, yes, please, come over. And I was like, yes, yes. And so... Michael has a huge, so Michael's Italian, and he is your stereotypical Italian. Like, he's got a large family, there's a lot of food, everyone's loud and inviting and engaging, and, and so for Thanksgiving, I went to Michael's large Italian family dinner, and everyone was just so sweet, and it was so fun, and there was a ton of food, and it was just so funny because... Literally, I went from no plans to going to, honestly, a stranger's house where there is dozens of people there, and it, I like literally just went to like a party, I felt like, for Thanksgiving. It yeah. went from zero to 60 so fast. It was so great. And what's crazy, Jen, is that the party you went to in our Thanksgiving this year was actually quite small compared right, to Right, that us. was like half the yeah. size of your original party. Because usually we have like 35 to 40 people at Thanksgiving, but because of some family members had other different plans, we only had like... 23, 24 this year, which is small, you know. It's still large. Like, usually, oh, I yeah. maybe have, like, 10, maybe. I, like, when I'm on Facebook, I see all these pe- people, you know, posting pictures from them. It's given maybe there's, like, 10, 12 people the most. And, like, oh, this is our big family. Like, ah, you haven't met my family. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably the largest Thanksgiving yeah. I've ever been to. And for you, that's half the size. Yeah. That's nuts to me. Like, to us, it was intimate. Like, one of our traditions <laughs> That was intimate. Like, one of our traditions at Thanksgiving, we all go around in the, in the living room or right by the front door. We all say something we're thankful for. And did I miss that? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah unfortunately. Um, but my mom was joking. We were, we were sitting there. We were all hanging out. They are like, man, we can see everybody. 
because usually it's so big that you can't, you can't, like, it's so crowded, but it felt, it looked like it was like 10 people because it was so small and so intimate when really it was 23 people. What did you say that you were thankful for? I said I was thankful for my mom, my family, being with my grandparents. I knew you were going to say, um, I felt like it was going to be Being with all my family, you know, thankful for the, the year and just, uh, Coming together because you know with the COVID pandemic, there are there are times we couldn't be all together, right? Right, right. Like last year, we had a more intimate where we had like ten of us, and right. this year we got to improve to twenty, and then hopefully next year we can get bigger. We'll again. get everybody together again. Yeah. So just being able to be in a room with more people, and you know, both my grandparents are eighty-two years old, so I want to spend as much time with them as possible. Right. And every single holiday I, I get to spend with them is a treasure to me because. Look at you! you know, oh my gosh! I don't know how I don't know how many more years I'll be able to get to do that. So. Yeah, people don't talk like you. I'm, I'm old school. I'm old fashioned. What can I say? Yeah, you're just like, oh, I just want to be with my family. I love my family. I'm so happy I got to spend Thanksgiving with my family and be with my grandparents. Oh, I love them. Like, man, people do not talk like you. People are like, oh my God, family. Oh, get me away from them. I don't know. There's not a lot of people like you. And here's the thing about family. You know, like, there's some people that are very close to their families because they have really good family. They're very blessed with a good family. But there's people that, that unfortunately, were not born in a great family, right? And I guess, I, and honestly, I think that's most of them. So, to me, there's another concept of family, right? You got your biological family who hopefully you're close to, you know, if that, that happens to be. But it's also the family of friends, right? You know, right. friends are the family you pick. So, if you don't come from a good home, which unfortunately has many people, not just in Tampa, but all over the Everywhere. world. Um, you... you become family with your dear friends and become brothers and sisters right. or so forth. So like I had a Friendsgiving on Thursday and even though they're my biological family, I love them like my, like my other family. Right. Cause we're all very close. Right. Again, I'm very blessed to come from a great biological family, but also have a great friend family as well. Right. I think it's so crucial to have those, just those strong support systems in your life. Absolutely. To lean on. That's what I love about you and, and the way you're so passionate about connecting people because that's how you form those family bonds, whether it be yes. with your biological relatives or relatives you meet, you know, or not relatives, excuse me, but friends. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I just met my relatives last week. But uh, friends you meet that become like your family. family. Yeah. yeah. Having those ties, it's not just a strong desire, which it is. And even during COVID, it was very prevalent that it was a strong desire for that connection whether it was with a family member or friend or whoever it's not just a strong desire it is a necessity for for life absolutely you know humans are very communal humans mm -hmm. love being connected with people mm -hmm. we're not meant to be individual we're not meant to be just individual and have no connection with other people mm -hmm. that's not the way we were designed today we're going to talk about drum roll please music yes you're very into music i am very into it's music. my biggest hobby it's my biggest love besides my family <laughs> have you always just been so yeah into music? Well, i grew up in a very musical home my parents are both very big appreciators of the arts and music okay so i grew up always listening to music i grew up listening to a lot of classic music my, okay. my father loved classic rock and roll i grew up a lot of motown music both my parents love motown what would you say is there, is there any bad music i can say there's bad music i, I, I can say there's music i don't care for but I think, okay. I, think, I think art is an expression of people's feelings. So like, people may like something that I don't like. Right. But I might like something you don't like. Right. It's very subjective. Probably 85% of the music I listen to is 1950s, 1960s pop and rock. Okay. So give me like a few of your favorite bands, your favorite songs. I'm a diehard Elvis Presley fan. He's my idol. Okay. And I've been to Graceland twice. So I can't wait to go again. I love Graceland. That's his home and museum in Memphis, Tennessee. Um... And of course, I've, I've had a lot of family members that like Elvis, but it really it was just me exploring that era, and Elvis became kind of like a role model or idol to me, in a way. How did he become a role model for you? You know, to me, I was looking for like a, a good image of just like that, that all-American cool guy, and just Elvis fit, fit the bill for me. Like, to me, he's like, <laughs> to me, he's the definition of cool. Like, no one to me can get cooler than Elvis Presley. Do you know any like fun facts about Elvis? Uh, sure. I know... Quite a few, actually. Okay. But Here's one for you. Did you know he was a twin? Really? Yeah. He was a twin yep. to another boy? Yep. His brother what? was still born. His brother was still born, but he had a twin. Oh, uh, okay. Jesse Presley. Um, which goes to another fact is another one of my idols is John Stamos, which I think I shared that with you. I love yes, him. that is so funny to me. My two biggest idols are Elvis and John Stamos. So John Stamos named his character Jesse in Full House after Elvis' no. twin. No. 
Way. Yeah. Wow, yeah, diehard fan over here. Yeah. I would say, like, not a lot of people know that. Yeah. That is, like, yeah. very deep, deep into the facts. Yeah. That is so Like, funny. I can give you Elvis' lifespan, you know. Okay, give it to me. January 8th, 1935 to August 16th, 1977. Wait. Check it. January 8th, 1935. Yes. So August 16th, 1977. What's, I, I what, how old was he when he died? 42. Oh, my gosh. Uh, when did he sign his first label? He, or, do you know His first big hit was in 56. Uh, that was with Sun Records. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. You're crazy. And then, um, then his Sun Records, or RCA bought his label, or bought his contract from Sun, and then he blew up. Okay. So, what was his breakout song? Heartbreak Hotel. What is it? Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel? How does it go? Oh, my God, sing. You're not going to sing <laughs> no. it? I don't have that good of a voice. I'm oh. sorry. Where was he born? Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, what is he known as? The king. The king of rock and roll. I just call him the king. To me, he's the king. That is so funny. Um, do you know any other facts? I'm looking up facts right now. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact count, but I know he made, I believe, between 29 and 31 movies. So he was an awesome actor. And he had a film career from even beginning in, in the early 50s, or the, excuse me, the mid-50s when he started, all the way to the late 60s. Wow. So some of his but movies, they, were they not very good, or? Well, was, I, was fan, I love them, but some of them, some of them have roles? got really bad criticism. Some of them are known as classics. Okay. It's a mix. It's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah. Does he sing in some of those movies? That's why they're made. Like, That's okay. Because for the same. Every single movie had like a soundtrack of ten and eleven songs that he sung in. Gotcha. It was like a it was like a vehicle to sell albums. Gotcha. Okay. But um, you know, one of the most famous songs he ever did was "Can't Help Fall in Love with You," which I, I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. It's one of the most ultimate wedding songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That song appeared in a movie, Blue Hawaii. So originally, one of the most popular movies. Everybody knows the song, but they have no idea the history of that being with Blue Hawaii. Wow, that's so crazy. Um, okay, I'm just looking up some facts on him. It says that he enjoyed playing pranks on people while dressed yeah. as a police officer. He loved pranking. Another thing is he loved gift giving. So he would also, he would love to give to charities during the holidays. And also he would just buy his buddies Cadillacs out of random. You know, he had a group called the Memphis Mafia. Those were his entourage. What? He had a group of a bunch of guys that just always choked them. I have a very mixed opinion of them. I like some of them and some of them I like, they could have done better. But you, you'd always buy them lavish gifts, Cadillacs, and expensive jewelry, and so forth. He loved giving. He loved giving stuff to people. Huh. Do you know anything about his alcohol or drug use? He was not an al- he, was, he, he did not enjoy alcohol. He barely drank. Okay. He drank a little bit, but not, not he much. Okay. He was more into drugs, but they were prescription drugs. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. You're, yes, everything is So nice. he didn't do the... Stereotypical illegal drugs like cocaine or heroin, that guy. Yeah, garbage. yeah, he, yep. he did prescription drugs, which he actually got hooked on when he was in the military because he had back pain when he was serving overseas in mm-hmm. Germany in the late fifties. So they gave him these pills to try to relax his body. He got hooked on them, and he was hooked on them all his life. Mm-hmm. And it says that he was diagnosed with depression and began taking antidepressants to manage it. To manage that doesn't it. surprise me. He had a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, you know, he was the biggest person of all time you know in entertainment of all time at one point and he had a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure for one human to handle you also asked excuse me asked about some bands and stuff like that you know not just not only do i love elvis but like, i'm a huge rolling stones fan i love the beatles i love some of the most classic bands the four seasons frankie Valley and the four seasons i absolutely love mm-hmm. which is a jersey italian group um, <laughs> that's so perfect so here's the story so my grandfather when he was a carpenter in jersey this is before he moved to florida he worked at a carpentry shop and this is before Frankie Valley got big, but Frankie Valley was a coffee boy there. That's right. Yeah. So Frankie Valley would serve my grandfather coffee. That's crazy. Yeah. So I love the Four Seasons. Love the Stones. I actually just saw the Stones in Tampa. What was it? Like two or three weeks ago? Late October. How was it? Oh, they were amazing. I'm Mick sure. Jagger is 78 years old. And, and he's still going. And this guy sounds like he did in 1970. Like his voice has not changed. He's still jumping around like a jelly bean. And his voice has not changed since 1970. It's crazy. That's nuts. Still sing all the songs, still sound great, you know. But seeing those guys was like a dream come true because I wanted to see them before, you know. They were done. You know, they're all getting older and I don't know how much time they have left performing, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking of how, like, unique you are. I that definitely am. you're just such an old soul. I'm not the average guy you meet in Tampa these days. No, or even, like, anywhere yeah. for your age. Like, yeah. how old are you? I'm 24. 
24, but you have... But I feel like an 85-year-old man sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Do you have... What do you know about music therapy? Music therapy is so important, and I've been seeing the effects in my own life. You know, I've had different elements of low self-esteem throughout my life, and music has been such a blessing in my life that has given me confidence and given me comfort and has been able to boost my own spirits. Um, but music really touches the soul, and it's universal. It's not just, you know, for one culture or one ethnicity or so forth. It, it really touches the human soul, and there's different kinds of music, right? There's music that uplifts, like, some people are all rock and roll fans. I love rock and roll, and there's people that love, you know, Christian music that, upl that uplifts them, or the people I listen to music from other countries as another language, but it just gets them so excited. Music is universal. And, you know, one of the best examples, I actually wrote a paper on music therapy uh, when I was my sophomore year, sophomore year of college. Can you now, define music therapy really quickly? I'll give it a try. Okay. I, I don't have the perfect definition down. Music therapy is basically when you use music to help uplift someone's life. At least that's the way I look at it. There's a more um, I watched this video of this older gentleman very still in his chair, no life of him at all, in a, in a nursing home or assistant living facility. Older African-American gentleman, eyes closed, relaxed. And this video was probably from 10, 13 years ago. So, you know, he was a child in the 40s, right? Mm -hmm. So he grew up in the big jazz, ba big band era with, you know, Glenn Miller and ba big bands like that. So he loved jazz music. This is the time when iPods were big. Now you have the iPhones and the smartphones where iPods kind of got out of a job. But this is where iPods were pretty prominent. And they put a little, they gave him an iPod. They put headphones on, onto him. And literally the second they played big band music, it was like Glenn Miller or something, I forgot which band, big band it was. Um, his eyes just bulged out and he just came full soul life. He started shaking in his chair, dancing. And again, this is a guy that was like dormant. Like he wasn't moving at all. Mm -hmm. like he had no life in him at all. But then as soon as he heard this big band music from the 1940s, he just erupted. His, his youthful spirit from 80 years ago came back. Yeah. So I'm going to read the definition for music therapy. Music therapy is the clinical use of music to accomplish individualized goals, such as reducing stress, improving mood, and self-expression. I was close enough. No, I'm joking. I was, I was no, very, no, very far away. No, <laughs> no, like you, you were. Uh, so I guess... Music therapy is more just like, you know, for people that really need it for to boost their health. Like you would use it for lowering blood pressure, improving your memory, enhance social skills, self-reflection, self-regulation. I guess this kind of reminds me of a therapy dog. Okay, yeah. Like having like that. a therapy dog yep. because like pretty much it like if you have a dog they will boost your mood as well. Absolutely. Right? Like, they have this companion that's um, going to provide this unconditional mm -hmm. love to you. They're mm -hmm. super playful. They'll get you active, which mm -hmm. will boost boost your mood. Mm -hmm. And even just, like, petting them, like, just the softness and the love that you get from the dog, it mm -hmm. just, like, it makes you so happy. It does. Like, they don't need to be a therapy dog. Right. And just say same thing for kind of, like, music. Yeah. Like, you don't ha have to be in music therapy to, to reap the benefits mm -hmm. of music, whether it's playing music or listening to music or uh, writing music. You know what I mean? You don't have to. So the therapy part, like, it, I, so I kind of understand how it's more for clinical use. It's more thought out, strategic for people that desperately need some, some kind of holistic alternative mm -hmm. medicine I feel is mm -hmm. very like liberal artsy to me um but I, I see it more than that you know I, I think that's a great definition I think it's a scientific definition right but to me music therapy involves so much more it deals with people that may don't need it desperately but really could use a boost up like, but then why not why not just listen to music that's to me that's that's part of what music therapy is so then that's just to me that's just Hmm, I guess we're trying to figure out. I guess you can consider it music therapy. I guess I'm seeing music therapy as it's for people that are looking for like a more holistic alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. Whether you're um, autistic and you need that to help you right. with focus or 
socializing or something or you need it because you're you have high anxiety and that helps relax you right and like for me if I want to boost my mood then I mean I could casually call it music therapy and it is right it's like casual music therapy that might be the better term yeah I think that's because it's definitely therapeutic that's it's, that's what I mean. That's, what, that's what I'm trying to get at. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's yeah. like like, and I tell that to people when I go swimming. So yeah. I'm a swimmer, and I don't need water. Th- like that's another thing. There's water therapy yeah. for like the same types of yeah. things, right? Yeah. But it's, I guess it's mostly for. I guess you could use water therapy for mental reasons or for physical reasons. But I swim because it feels great for me. Both physically, honestly, for both physically and mentally. Right, of course. But I know that I don't need it in a clinical way, but it still feels so therapeutic because it's just water is incredible. That's why I'm It feels so great. So I guess I have like this casual water therapy when I go lap swimming, Mm -hmm. but again, it's not like serious therapy. It's just like casual therapy because it feels great. Um, So I feel like most people would consider it. I guess for me, I just consider it listening to music or casual music therapy. That's a better term. Like for me, it's not because I have desperate medical attention need where I need music, but it's to me, it's so therapeutic and such a big part of my life because, you know, I listen to music nonstop every single day. Like, so it's, it's such a part of me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Right. So I wonder, you say you listen to it every day. It's a yeah. part of you. How would you feel if music was just cut from your life? And I would have a hard time with that too. I don't know where I'd be. You know, I I I think I'd go crazy in a way because mm. such a. That's so. That'd be so freaking weird. It's it's like, such a part of me. What I do, it's 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 my favorite form of entertainment. Like I would always say this, if I had to, if I only had one subscription service to pay for, I only if only I only pick one, either Apple Music or a, a streaming service like Netflix, I'll pick Apple Music any single day. I love watching TV, but not as much as I love listening to music. Yeah, no, that's actually so weird. I don't think society could imagine music being taken away because if you think about it music is so not just prevalent but super critical to like life but not just like life but keeping us alive yeah in history like hasn't songs been around for so many years right like since forever like bc (laughs) BC. yeah and i mean wasn't it a part of like the Underground Railroad, like, if people sang certain tunes, that meant that they were still alive or safe. Or, like, like, like music, has, music has been part of, like, coding in a way. Like, if I sing this tune, this means I'm More than, alive. Like, now, now we just listen to it for, you know, therapeutic reasons, for fun, to boost our mood, for working out, exercising, uh, you know? But, like, it used to mean more critical things. Like, hey, I'm alive. Like, for... African-American slaves in the Civil War during kind of what you're talking about, they would sing, <coughs> excuse me, they would sing communal songs that would bring them, you know, some form of community and, you know, like I say, happiness. They were in a very, very bad spot and they were in a very bad position, but they would have this music to bring them some kind of joy. It was often religious music. It was often hymns to God. Right. Oh, yeah, duh, religious songs. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. And, like, communal songs, right? Yeah. Singing is super collaborative and, or can be. And can also be very communal. It brings a lot of people together. That's why, like, I don't even know what we would do without music. I don't either. That's so weird. I don't, like, yeah. I don't think people realize how important music is. It really Oh, is. my gosh. Yeah. What the heck? And what's even more in... Probably because it's so casual now. We just yeah. do it for fun. Yeah. But, like, for me, when I go for a run, a run yeah. I always listen to music. I feel like if I did not have music or someone to run with, like, I feel like my run's going to suck. Just because it keeps me going. That's the power of music. Oh so on that topic, who do you listen to? I'm curious. I'm curious to know more about your music taste. Okay. Um, what music do I like? Yes. What music do you think I like? Oh, you put me in a spot, aren't you? Just based off of the the couple times that you've met me. You give me like no clues. <laughs> I've given you no clues. But then again, you're very full of life. You're you know you have such a great positive energy and you're you're very full of life. So I'm have to say, you know something upbeat. You know, I think you like upbeat music. I'm I like, do. Like, I think there's some aspects of pop that you enjoy, some aspects of rock that you might enjoy. Wow, you're killing it. You're you know, killing it. Definitely, definitely upbeat, happy, you know, full life music. You just, you killed it. You hey! It. I do love upbeat music. I don't listen to, like, 
I rarely listen to slow songs. There are a few slow songs that I'll listen to occasionally, but I like, I also love to dance. Okay. So like, I, I love it when it has like a really good beat and rhythm so yep. I can dance to it. Um, but I, I'm really attracted to powerhouse voices. Okay. So I actually, okay, growing up, I listened to what my dad listened to growing up, classic rock. I, he didn't even let me listen to anything else. I wasn't allowed to listen to the radio. Wow. Okay. So I listened to a lot of Queen, a lot of Aerosmith, Pat Benatar, The Beatles, The Beach Boys, The Who, just like your typical Oh, I classic. love what you're saying right there. I'm a huge Beatles, Who, and um, what was it, Beach Boys fan. Love, I love all those groups. Yeah, so I just listened to the classics, uh, rock and roll, and my favorite song uh, when I was younger was Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. Yeah, I yeah. Loved Pat That's Benatar. a great song. That's a great song. Yeah, love yeah. Pat Benatar. I remember actually, okay, so I did gymnastics when I was a kid. Oh, that's so cool. And we always had this performance called a gala, mm -hmm. where every level in gymnastics put together a routine to show to, a floor routine to show to their parents. Mm. And uh, one of the coaches was like, what song should we do our routine to? And I so quickly was like, Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith. There you go. And, ah. and the coach was kind of like, she was speechless for a little bit, like, oh, I don't know if we should do that song. She was like, anybody else? <laughs> any, any other recommendations? Because like, as a kid, this is just like what I knew. This is what I listened to. And you don't really look into the lyrics a lot as a kid. I'm just kind of like yeah. listening. Yeah. And I'm like, I like this. You like the beat. You like the sound of it. So you're mm -hmm. going to go with it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why does she ignore what my recommendation? What's wrong with that? But then I came up with Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. That's a good one. And then, yeah. And they actually went with it. We, yeah. went, she, yeah. uh, we went with that. Um, <laughs> and I was pissed because... I was really happy that she went with finally my recommendation, but we went on we actually went on vacation and I wasn't able to perform to a song that I chose and I'm like, why do we have to go on vacation? I can't do this oh, routine. Oh, that stinks. I was so unhappy. That stinks, man. I know. I was so unhappy, but it's, it's okay. I was like nine. <laughs> That's a great song. It is a really great song too. Um, What's interesting is that, have you heard the Go-Go's? They're one of the first like all female rock and roll bands. Mm -hmm. They just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Wow! Uh, congrats! I was watching the, indu the induction ceremony with my father. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, last you last week. Last week here, like two weekend, a week ago, a weekend ago, or two weekends ago, and uh, we were watching that the Go Go's were in there. Nice, that's awesome. That's so funny. Of course, you were watching. Vacation, that. yeah, they have a bunch of good songs. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but my my music has changed. So all throughout elementary school, I could only listen to that. Or like some Christian music. So I grew up, I started going to church, church in elementary school because my mom wanted to try out church. So she would let us listen to that as well. Because I like a Jewish Christian background. Okay. And so that's when we started going to church and she would let us listen to that too. Um, and then starting middle school is when I finally started listening to more of what was like popular. Mm -hmm. And that's when Justin Bieber got big. That's when Ooh, Lady Gaga yeah, got big. That's yeah. when Kesha got big. Yeah. The, is Kesha Katie that old? Perry. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. They're all, yeah. So that's when they're all wow. getting like really prominent. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this music is freaking weird. This yeah. is, I'm like, this is not what I'm listening to. <laughs> and so it's really hard for me to get into it. Mm -hmm. um, just because I felt like the music was not as good. And... Uh, I was just so different. I thought I thought Lady Gaga was so freaking weird. I thought she was so weird. And then I thought Justin Bieber was just such a child. <laughs> um, now, I would say starting college, I started liking them. Okay. Like, I, now I like Justin Bieber. Now I like Lady Gaga. Now I like all of them. It's, I think part of it's just like, I guess who else can I like now? I'm just going to listen to all these songs on repeat. So I think... It just took time for me to learn to like them mm -hmm. because it's like, well, who else am I going to listen to? And that's not true. But I think I just, I 
just learned to like them. And now I do. And they're all very talented people. They are, actually. I think I learned that, too. At first, I'm like, this is so different. And then the more I looked into them, like, Justin Bieber is actually a very talented singer. Yeah, he is. So is Lady Gaga. She, now I love her. She's one of my favorite singers. She's got an incredible voice. She, and she could do everything. She's like the trifecta. She can sing. She can act. She can dance. And she's not reliant on, like, technology either. Like, she can do everything. She's real. She's authentic. She, yes. And, like, another thing is, you might be sorry to know, I'm also a Lady Gaga fan. Are you serious? <laughs> that is so funny. I love her duets with Tony Bennett. So I'm, I'm a big Tony Bennett fan. Again, another older singer, pretty much last living old crooner from the 50s and 60s. You know, the last living old Italian crooners. You know, of like the Frank Sinatra type. Mm-hmm. And Tony and Bennett and Lady Gaga are the best of friends and they record two albums together. Oh, wow. So I love listening to Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. That's so cool. That's so funny. You won't catch me listening to Born This Way, but you'll catch me listening to Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, she's great. She's so talented. And also, you know, her music in that movie was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie called? Um, um, uh, Star Wars. Yes, 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 Star yes, yes. Her voice in that movie, you know, with that one big song that blew up. She's so talented. Her voice is just... She really is great. She really is great. So then I think once I got used to that, then I was like, okay, let's see what music I missed as a kid. So now I also... My favorite artist is Christina Aguilera because she's got like this powerhouse voice that I said I really, really liked. Um, She's got a great range. Adele and Ariana Grande also, I think, are very talented powerhouse voices. Kelly Clarkson is great. Um, I really like Britney Spears, but that's because she's got that pop, right. poppy, right. pump-up music that I, I can dance to. I don't think her vocals are the best, but she's got so many songs that are so catchy. Yeah. So. You'll love Adele's new album. Like, I have appreciation of music just in general. I, I listen to some of Adele's new album. The song called Love is a Game. And it has a very old-school kind of sound to it. Yeah. It's very modern, but it has like a, like, kind of like a doo wop sound to it, which I love. Yeah. Such a good song. Love is a game off Adele's new album. I'll have to look into that more. Yeah. Yeah. But so those are kind of like what I listen to now. I really. So powerhouses. I think Aretha Franklin's really, really good. I love. I love Aretha. Aretha. She's phenomenal. And what's interesting is. So good. She was known as the queen of soul, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She's known as the queen. She and Elvis died the same day. No freaking way. So the king and queen both died on August 16th. I believe. If it was 17, the 40th anniversary of Elvis' passing. That's crazy. Elvis died August 16, Both the king and queen died the same day. Both super, super talented people. That's crazy. I remember when she died that day. I, remember, I was in the airport heading back from her trip. And I saw she died. I'm like, holy What God. are the odds of that? She just died the same day as Elvis, the king and queen, and literally 40 years apart. This is nuts. Like, yeah. This is like weird. That is really, really weird. Another person that died that day was Babe Ruth. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Another. So many icons baseball. died on August 16th. Yeah. I joke. In 80 years from now, I want to die on August 16th. <laughs> Wait, that, that's, if, I, if I go any day, make it August 16th. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So here's another aspect of music we didn't talk about. What? Which I think is also so part of the communal aspect. And it brings people together of all different ethnicities, genders, is the concert experience. Right? Mm-hmm. Not only is record music so important and how we, you know, so accessible, especially now with technology with smartphones and Apple Music and Spotify... But just the thrill of seeing live music. Because back in the day, you had no, you didn't have recordings. You decided to go hear live music back in you know the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, and still today, concerts from like so many people. And like when you're a big fan, like if you go to a Rolling Stones concert, right? There's fifty thousand people there. We all love the same band. and We're connected together. How cool is that? Or if you go to an Ariana Grande concert or a Justin Bieber concert, you're with thousands of people that have the same appreciation for their music as you. You're all being connected. You may not even meet each other, but you're all in the same room, connected in a way. Right. It, that just shows that, okay, I really don't like it when people are like, oh, I don't know if I should talk to this person. Like, what are we going to have in common? Odds are you will have at least 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 things in common mm-hmm. with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Probably more, right? If you go to like the most minute of details. But right, if you go to a concert and you see thousands of other people there, hundreds of thousands, like there's one thing you have in common right there is like you're all into the same kind of music or at least the same thing like Mm -hmm. right and you're all experiencing this very big major exciting event together it really does bring people together i really really do like that and not only is it just like this event 
but it's it's a very like emotional yep. exciting event yep, right like you i feel like people <coughs> bring back a lot of memories from something like that because it is very emotional mm-hmm. and exciting exhilarating and so concerts really bring back a lot of memories because they just they bring all the feels mm-hmm. you know what was your most memorable concert oh god <laughs> too many and and right you've been to like 30 right in that ballpark or probably even more yeah okay I've been going to concerts all my life. There's so many, I, I can't pick one favorite. Um, or do you I, have any I, funny stories? I can, I can tell you some of the artists I got to see that I love. Okay, yeah, tell me artists. I got to see Frankie Valli, who I love. Like I said, Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. I saw Bruno Mars, who I'm a big fan of, <gasps> more modern-wise. Oh my gosh, I love Bruno Mars. How I was think, that? Oh, it's phenomenal. And the, and the uh, seats from the bleachers. Like, they weren't even that good to get to go to the seats. Uh, but just being in his so, presence. He's so great, isn't he? He's phenomenal. Uh, Paul Eicke, another old singer I love from, from the 50s and 60s. He was a teen idol. So Paul Eicke was like a Justin Bieber back in the 60s. Okay. And he was actually from Canada, like Bieber. Like, he's the original Canadian teen idol, and then Bieber came. That's funny. But Paul Eicke is now 80, turned 80 this year. I love him. I've seen him multiple times. Um, you know, I got to see Zach Brown Band. Sorry. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got to see the Zach Brown Band, which I, you know, I do like some country. They were awesome. Uh, and of course... I got to see my favorite band of all time this year, the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Or one of my favorite bands of all time. I love the Beatles, too. Um, but just hearing them sing those songs, like, hey, I love the Stones. It's just such a... I know this is going to sound cheesy, but it's such a magical experience. Mm-hmm. It's like the music I love. I listen to it all the time. And I'm hearing the original guy singing at 78 years old. And he's still, still doing going. Yeah. How about you? And I feel like that, that just shows, too, like how powerful music is. That... Singers that have been singing since they were teenagers, they're yeah. still on stage even in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. It's so powerful. They can keep going till they die. Absolutely. Well, that, and they don't, do it, they don't do it for the money or fame anymore. They already have right. At that life. point, yeah. They're they do it because they love it. It's their therapy. It's what keeps them alive. Yeah. So it keeps them going. It's got to be. Yeah. I'd rather be in the rocking chair or be on stage, you know, entertaining a bunch of fans. I'd rather be on the stage entertaining a bunch of fans. Yeah. So speaking of concerts, how about you? What's your favorite concert experience you've had or a good story? Um. Oh, <laughs> light bulb. There you go. I got it. I got it. Um. Okay. So, my dad loves Diet Coke. Diet Coke. He is okay. obsessed. He has Diet Coke PJs, a Diet Coke umbrella, Diet wow. Coke shoes, Diet Coke socks. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing, but he loves it. And because he loves it, he advertises for it. Like, he'll be on... He'll just... He'll put, like, a Diet Coke can on a statue and make it all look so picturesque. And Anyways, it's all, it's all about the Diet Coke. But he'll just take pictures um, of it in silly places. Like, I remember him putting it on a log, and there were, like, this trail of ducks swimming in a, this lake. And it made it seem like the ducks were swimming towards the Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, want it and drink it or whatever. So, anyways, that's him. So, he posts these pictures on Diet Coke Facebook. <laughs> and uh, Coke must love him. They do. So, he'll get some free stuff. And that's why he has so many weird things. Um, but some of those things are really yeah. great. So, so I got actually not I (laughs) well eventually I because my dad doesn't care too much for Taylor Swift um but he got two free tickets to her 1989 concert and two backstage passes how cool for for Diet Coke (laughs) did you get a meter so to see backstage we just got to see you know backstage and we got to meet her her manager there you go which was her mom oh that's so So we got to meet Mrs. Swift I got to meet Mrs. Swift um and take pictures with her so i have a picture that's so <laughs> with, cool uh taylor swift's mom backstage and then we got uh front row seats what an experience yeah and she's one of the biggest artists you know out today, today. yeah so yeah isn't that crazy what a cool story jen yeah so if you really really like a product or like a product that um sponsors something that you like even more just advertise like crazy because you might get something pretty great in return. I could advertise for Elvis. <laughs> but what are you, are you just going to get Elvis products then? I'll, I'll just get it for, you know, another free trip to Graceland. I love Graceland. <laughs> Come bring me as you, as you guess. I, I, you know, Dean Z is one of the best. So there's something called an Elvis uh, tribute artist. Uh-huh. Which means 
you're a kind of like an impersonator, but you, you know, you, you dress like Elvis. Oh my gosh. And Where do those happen in his hometown? Oh, they have ton- they have, they have like Everywhere. almost festivals Las in Memphis, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So they, there's one guy named Dean, Dean Z who I swear sounds just and looks just like Elvis. Yeah. I'd love to see him at Grayson one day. Yeah. So may I advertise Elvis and like, hey, come meet Dean Z. You could totally do it. Yeah. Have you done it? No, no. You sh- are you want? Do you want to? It's a possibility. Like if you if you went to my room, you'd see a bunch of Elvis posters. I could believe it. I I have two big Elvis posters right inside inside wall of my room. Would Would you want to to do that one day? Or no? I would love to be or able to help keep Elvis' legacy alive in any way I can. Like, you know, I, I want to stay in Florida. I plan to stay in Florida for a while. But if I ever get the opportunity to go run Graceland, I'll go in a heartbeat because I love Elvis that much. <laughs> so he's like your, he's your icon. Yeah, he's my idol. Yeah. Okay. More yeah. than John Stamos? I love both, but yeah, Elvis is number one. So another hobby was meeting celebrities. I love meeting celebrities. Uh-huh. And probably one of the coolest stories I have, one of my just favorite memories is when I got to meet John Stamos this summer. Uh-huh. I got to meet a MegaCon in Orlando, and that was just a dream come true. Yeah. Like, that, to me, again, he's, like, another guy that defines school, you know? Yeah. And also, he's very old school. He, he always portrayed that very old school, you know, kind of like me. I identify with him. Yeah. And he could have been nicer. He could have not have been nicer and more appreciative. Like, just a super cool guy. And be able to take a picture with one of my idols. It's so cool when, you know, when my biggest idol is no longer with us. Right. So to be able to meet him and meet one of the guys I really look up to that's still with us is just super cool. That's really cool. Um, right, so that was probably my coolest concert experience was the Taylor Swift one. I went to a lot of Christian concerts. My very, actually, oh, I have another concert story. So I've been to, like, some Christian band concerts. I've gone to a Demi Lovato concert. I've gone to the Taylor Swift concert. And then my very first concert was when I was seven years old. Wow, you were young. Yeah, and that was to an Aerosmith concert. Aerosmith, there you go. You were yeah. a young little girl seeing one of the greatest rock bands of all time. <laughs> yes, my parents took me and my brother, who was 10, to an Aerosmith concert. How about that? Yeah, and I remember it just a little bit. I remember um, I remember my parents, I don't remember this there, but I remember my parents telling me the story of my brother picked up, he saw something on the ground, and he's like, what's that? So he bent over, picked it up, he was looked at, looking at it for a little bit, and then he brought it up to my parents, and he was like, what is this? And he picked up a joint. <laughs> I figured you were going to say that. I was like, I've been money that she's about to say a joint. That's hilarious. Yeah, and they're like, oh, no, put it down, put it down, put it down. <laughs> and then at that same concert, so I had, like, earplugs in. Mm-hmm. But I had oh, okay, that was a lot. It was loud, yeah. The next morning, I had stuff dripping out of oh, one of my no. ears. And like, we kept... Like wax? It wasn't wax. We had to keep... Um, like wiping it because stuff mm. would keep dripping out, mm. and it turned out it was just like white blood. That white was, blood. Yeah, because we had to go. We had to go to the, the doctor and be right. like, "Hey, her ear is dripping. <laughs> What's wrong yeah, with her ear?" Yeah. And it turned out my eardrum popped at the concert. Oh, okay. And I had to yeah. put, wear a cotton ball in my ear for like, I think just a few weeks, but it just I think it was something that oh, healed wow. on its own. I'm sorry that happened to you, Jen. Yeah, it's okay. The concert was fun. But the aftermath, not so fun. That's usually how they work, though. Yeah. You know? At least you got to say you got to see Aerosmith at such a young age. I know. Very, very odd. My parents did not really care so much what... Actually, they did care. They cared about the things I listened to and saw. They're like, Aerosmith is quality music. You're going to listen to quality music. Like, even though it's not necessarily appropriate for my age, they're like, you're going to listen to it. Same thing with movies. Mm. I definitely did not watch age-appropriate movies. But they're like, this is a quality movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to watch it. So, so like, what kind of movies did you grow up with? Well, my parents loved comedy. My dad loved, and I, now I love comedy. Okay. And I feel like I know what good comedy is. So, mm-hmm. like, I watched a ton of uh, Jim Carrey, Steve Carell, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like yeah. the classics, the great yeah. people. And they didn't have me watch. I mean, I watched some kid movies, but probably right when I hit elementary school, or soon after, they're like, you're going to watch. Like, it doesn't matter if there's, like, nudity. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if there's inappropriate jokes. If anything, it went over my head. Right. Um, but they're like, this is quality comedy, so you're going to watch it. Like, Adam Sandler was my favorite comedian growing up. I love Adam I love his classic stuff. His new stuff is like, okay, it's not yeah, as good. Yeah, it's not as good. It's not as good as what he used to do, but, like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy. The you know, Wedding Click, Singer. The Wedding Singer. All these movies are like, 
comedy gold. Like you'll yeah. get better than that. He's my favorite comedian. Yeah, I love Adam Sandler too. He's really good. I remember like I love Jim Carrey too. I love The Mask and Liar Liar. The Mask, yeah. Will Ferrell. I've never seen Liar Liar, but I want to see that. Sounds really good. Or um, Bruce Almighty is really good. Yes. And yep. Evan Almighty is really good. Yep. Yeah, it's just he just wanted me to see quality comedy. And you sure did. You saw the and best I of the did. best. Yep, I did. And Will Ferrell, of course, with Elf now coming with Christmas time. That's a great movie. Oh my gosh, that is the best. It is so good. And Blades of Glory is so good. The yes. Benchwarmers is so good. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Ugh, ugh. Oh my god. Yes. I like that's like I don't watch TV or movies anymore. All I watch is YouTube, and it's mostly like clips of late night shows mm-hmm. and or late night shows bringing on stand up comedians. Or I just watch a ton of stand up <coughs> comedy. Mm-hmm. That's that's usually what I go to YouTube for. Well, stand up is fun. I love it. I love it. Um, do you have any stories like from concerts? Any anything crazy? Probably one of the. I'm trying to think of some good stories, you know. Um, but probably one of the cool stories is when I actually got to meet Frankie Valli, who I, again, one of my favorite singers of the era. So I, I got to meet him twice, but it was about the second time I got to meet him. So this was in 2017, when I was really listening to Frankie Valli every single day. I still listen to him often, but this is when I was like really, really obsessed with Frankie Valli. And again, I still love the art. I still love him. I still listen to him very often. My, my top five, for sure. Um, but there's a local artist named Joey D, who lives in Clearwater. And he was... He was pretty famous in the early 60s. There was a, uh, not a bar, but there was a club in New York called the Peppermint Lounge, which that's where the, the, the dance of the twist originated back in the early 60s. So Joey D and his band were the house band at Peppermint Lounge. And he blew up because he had a million selling hit called Peppermint Twist. He had one million selling hit and you know it, it blew up worldwide in 1962, I believe. And he, ma- he made two movies with Paramount Pictures when he was a young kid, you know, 21, 22 years old. Um, you know, he didn't get big as, as big as many other artists, but he had that, I don't want to say 15 minutes of fame, he, he definitely had fame, and he has some of those, like, he's friends with pretty much every single artist of that era, like, he knows everybody of that era, and he's still friends with a lot of them, and Joey's a, another Italian guy from Jersey, so he's been friends with Frankie Valli for a long time, so I became, I kind of became friends with, friends with Joey, because, you know, he lives in the area, he lives in Clearwater, and in 2017, Joey took me backstage with him, and we got to hang out with Frankie Valli. Wow. So that, that was super cool. That is really yeah. cool. Uh, Joey is an awesome guy. He's, I believe he's like 83, 84 now. He just released a book, by the way. The book is awesome. It's called The Peppermint Twist Chronicles. So if you want to hear about some rock and roll history, this guy's story is from like every single big, big band. In you know? So when he was touring in England back in 62, guess who his opening act was? Elvis. The Beatles. Darn it. Ugh. The Beatles were his opening act. And this is, that's how big he was for like a, a brief period of time. That's really cool. Yeah. That's crazy. The Beatles were his opening yeah. act? In, in England. Yep. That's back in, really like, cool. Back in 62, I believe. But Joey's a super cool guy. And he still tours around. You know, he still, he still performs. And right now he's, you know, on a book tour trying to sell his book. And because Jersey Boys had such a success. So Jersey Boys is a story of Funky Valley. And it's a Broadway play. And they made it into a movie. And that's the story of Frankie Valley and his group. Because of the success of Jersey Boys, now Joey D is trying to sell his story to make a Broadway play. With the Peppermint Lounge and the whole journey there. That's crazy. It's, it's fantastic history. and you know, like He's literally like a real local living legend. Yeah. You know, this guy was big because he had this big selling hit in the 60s and he knew everybody. And he was, he was the main house band, the most popular club in New York for like the, for two years. And he's been in Clearwater for many years, and he's a neighbor, pretty much. That's really cool. What would you say was is like the craziest concert of all time? That not, necess- not necessarily that you've gone to. Just like if there was one concert that made headlines, you what know, would I, you say? I, I'm a, I'm a self proclaimed music historian, especially in the fifties, sixties. Okay, that's what I love. That's my that's my biggest hobby. And to me, the biggest concert of all time was Woodstock. I knew you were going to say it. That's what I was waiting for you to say. So yeah. what do you know about Woodstock? So Woodstock, I believe, was a four-day event. It, it, it I think it was a three-day event. Three-day event. That's, that might be right. Three to four days. I think, I think you might be in the... It's, the three, it's three, three days. days. Three days of peace and music. Yes. So this is it 1969. From, yep. August 15th through 17th. So 15, 16, <clears> 17. And some of the biggest 
artists of that era were there. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Um, I'm trying to, uh, what was the other group? Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So many different artists there. I, like, I, I love Jimi Hendrix. Another artist I absolutely love. Um, and Jimi Hendrix was a young genius who was part of the 27 Club, right? So have, have you heard of the 27 Club? Oh, I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't remember. So it's a bunch of young artists that died at the age of 27. Oh, that's right. They did early. So Jimi Hendrix was in there. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones. Janis Joplin. Right, it's just like the number. Yeah, it's just the People keep hitting that number. Yeah. So Jimi Hendrix is phenomenal. Janis Joplin was phenomenal. So here's the story. I went to Seattle in 2019. My mom and some family friends. And again, being the music, music historian I am, Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix is, was born there. He was born there, and he's also buried there. So I actually got to go to his grave, which is this beautiful memorial. I'm probably, sure it's beautiful. Probably the coolest girl I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's literally, <laughs> there's murals of him. It's like a whole big, massive tomb. Yeah. With a big statue of a guitar right in the middle of it. It was like the coolest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But he deserves it. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a a rock genius. But back to your question, if I had to say any, the most significant concert of all time, Woodstock has to be up there. Yeah. Why do you think it was so significant? This was also a time in history where, so you had the baby boomers, right? You had the more traditional, their parents, who lived during World War II, were very reserved, very old-fashioned, right? And then in the 60s, you started having the baby boomers who were born from 1945 to 1961. But these are more the older baby boomers, like the, the, the late 40s, where they just had such a rebellious spirit. They wanted to have free peace and love. They wanted to have, express themselves very freely in many different ways, also in sexual ways, right? This is when sex was becoming less taboo than what it was in the 40s right. and 50s, right? So... These were these young kids who were 18, 19, who wanted to be rebellious, so they created this culture called the hippie culture, where they were just rebellious young kids who didn't have a carefree thought in the world and just wanted to spend time with each other, have a good time, and, and express themselves in whatever way they could. They wanted to rebel from their strict upbringing. So Woodstock was one of the biggest events where all the hippies kind of got together. I feel like that just fluctuates. Right? It does. It, that, that vibe just totally fluctuates. Now I feel like we've been, I don't know, that whole conservative liberal generation just goes back and forth and back and forth because it's like, oh, our parents are too boring. We need to branch out. And then the kids of those that branched out are like, whoa, our parents are too crazy. We've got to chillax. And then it's like, oh my gosh, our parents are too chill. We've got to be crazy again. Like... It just comes some generations go more than others, and you kind of got to find the right balance, right? You know, you got to have some strong, good, strong morals and ethics, but also you, you want to be kind of free to express yourself and, right. and rebel against the norm, too, you know? Yeah, that's hard to find. And it's hard to find. And that's one of the reasons why maybe I love Elvis and John Stanley so much, right? <laughs> They're both rebellious. They both have that, that cool rock and roll image, but they also are very family-driven people. You know, Elvis was super close to his parents. His mom was his everything. You know, he was very close to his family. He always took care of his family. He literally promised me as a kid, I'm going to get big one day and buy you a house. That became Graceland. And then he did. <laughs> that became Graceland. So, but then again, Elvis was still rebellious. He was still cool. He was still, you know. Like, right. He, he, he was able to, like, to reap the benefits of both lives. Right. And that's where I want to, that's the way I ultimately want to see myself. Where I, I still have that That'd be cool great if everybody could do that. But I still have that cool aspect of myself where I'm still rebellious in some ways, but also I'm a very family-driven and old-fashioned morally person, you know, moral-based person. Mm-hmm. That's... I really um, admire that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, 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 I hope to be like that too, to be very grounded and collected, but then at times just reach out or branch out out of my comfort zone to do things that not many other people would do. And you do. And even just from the time I've spoken to you, like, well, the person would just go to some strange house for Thanksgiving, you know? That's true. Like that, that was, that was a big, you know, like that was, you know, I probably put you out of, out of your comfort zone a little bit, but then you, you end up having a fun time. At least well, I hope that's you That's the thing. I wasn't that uncomfortable. I really well, good. wasn't uncomfortable. Good, I'm glad. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Well, I think that helps too. Yeah. I would only be uncomfortable if, for some reason, you or your family made me uncomfortable, which they did not. And here's the thing about my family: they're very welcoming. They're very, they're, they're very so warm people. They're very, welcoming. they're very authentic too. Like they'll say some, they'll say some, uh, some jokes and you know some very blunt things. But I like that. But that makes super it easier. Welcoming people. That makes it easier for yeah. me to be there if they're just yeah. authentic, unless they're like authentically assholes, but they're not. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I certainly don't think so. Um, yeah. No, they are not. They're they're really really great. But they're they're super welcoming people. They make you feel. I I you know 
again, I'm their relative, so of course I'm gonna feel at home. But you know, like just when they're out, it's, it's such a you feel at home with them. You feel like you can talk about anything. You feel yeah, it was easy. Very small your face. It's just enjoy. They're just fun people to hang around, hang around. Yeah, it was very easy to be around them. I appreciated that. And my grandfather, and my uncles are very funny. <laughs> they are. It. It's very enjoyable. You got to see a little bit of that, you know, Thanksgiving evening. Yeah. Um. What else do you know about Woodstock? Or should I, should I look? So it was called the an Aquarian Exposition. Three days of peace and music. Yeah, that's not where good. Where was it? It was uh, upstate New York. Yeah, Bethel, New York, Bethel, in the New York, Catskill yeah. Mountains. And it drew 400,000 people. And ooh, because it drew so many people, more than expected, there are extreme shortages of food, water, and medical and sanitary facilities. So I met a guy who, who was an Uber driver. I forgot what this was. This was probably past year or so forth. And we were talking about old music, of course, because that's what I love to talk about. <laughs> and you know, he, was, he was telling me, you know, this guy was probably in the early 70s. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember Woodstock. I went to Woodstock. I'm like, you went no to Woodstock? No way. He's like, yeah. So I was with my, my older brother and one of his friends. And we had to park. We literally had to walk like 10 miles to get to the concert. Because there was like no parking at all. Like it was jammed. 10 miles? Something crazy like that, yeah. So literally they were walking like three, four hours just to get the concert. That's nuts. That's that. That's as far. That's how, how far they had to park. That's crazy. I'm sure people were like. Ugh. But then again, if you look at the the lineup, if you actually look at the lineup of artists that were there, this is the concert, the the, the, the biggest concert of A-list artists you've that you've ever heard of. Like every single major act at Woodstock was huge. Yeah. You know, Joe Cocker, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I, I there's certainly more. I can't think of them all off the top of my head, but every single act was legendary in their own right and they're all still remembered today 50, 60 years later. You know, yeah. it'd be akin to, you know, again, this is more, that was more significant because that was like a one-time event, but you know, if you go to a EDC concert today, right, and they have every single major EDC player out there, it's like all A-list. That's kind of how Woodstock was. Yeah. We're almost 100 <coughs> arrests, but most of them were on drug charges involving LSD, amphetamines, and heroin. Oh, yeah. You know, probably the, the two biggest things that Woodstock besides music was drugs and sex. And right. Those are the two biggest things that happened at Woodstock besides music. Right. A lot of the audience smoked marijuana, but yep. were not arrested. Yep. If you ever get a chance to watch the Woodstock movie, I've seen parts of it. I've not seen the whole movie, but it's like literally like a four or five hour documentary of a bunch of original footage from the concert. You really feel like you're there. Like you, you, you feel like you experience a concert from afar. It's so cool. Really? Yeah, there's actually a Woodstock movie that, that basically record the whole thing for you. That is really crazy. Ooh. Um, here's other acts. Jefferson mm. Airplane. Jefferson, yeah. Uh, white, white, white Rabbit. White Pony. Or no, right, White Rabbit. Yeah. Joan Bays. Santana. Mm. The Santana. Who was there, too. Oh, I love The Who. Love The Who. Yeah. Those are just a few extras. Oh, that's another cool concert story for you. There's so. 33 musical acts total. 33! Yeah. Yeah. Here's another cool story. So I went to see Roger Daltrey, who's lead singer of The Who, my dad, back in, <coughs> I think it was 2017. He wasn't with Pete Townsend. So Pete Townsend is the, is the main songwriter and the guitarist. Roger mm-hmm. and Pete are like The Who. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the other band members and Keith Moon, who was the drummer, phenomenal. He died back in 79. So Keith's been gone for a long time. So really, it's Roger and Pete that are The Who. I got to see Roger as the lead singer, but he actually came into Clearwater. I got to see him singing. It was phenomenal. Wow. He still sounds so good. How old is he? How old he is he? He is... So, I think he's like 77 now, 76 now. So, he was probably 74 when I saw him. Mm-hmm. 73, 74, something like that. Man, you're seeing all these old souls. Well, I'm trying to see all these artists before you know, they before retire. They, yeah. Or, unfortunately, they pass away. Yeah. Because, like I said, I listen to some modern music, but I don't care for modern music too much. Okay. Is there any artist that you haven't seen that you're like, okay, I got to see this person next. I got to see this band next before they... Well, Stones was a big one. I got to make that dream come true this year. Right. Like they were, they're like the last like big band. I'd love to see Paul McCartney. Right. I've seen Ringo Starr. I love the Beatles, but right. I like to see Paul because I want to see at least the two Beatles that are still playing. Right. So Paul came to Tampa a few years ago. I wasn't able to go to that one, but next time he comes, if he comes, you'll want to you, see him. You can, you can bet I'll be there. Okay. Because okay. to me, he's one of the most iconic living people around today in in the music industry, and his voice has changed. His voice is not as good as it used to be. But still, that man is a musical genius. Mm-hmm. You know, him and John Lennon. Like, I, I, I love John Lennon more. I've always been more, like, John was my favorite Beatle. 
Mm-hmm. But Paul's so talented and so cool, and he's, he's still so active. So I think he will come back, and when he does, I'll be the first in line. <laughs> that's so but part of Paul McCartney. That's probably the next big old score, so I'd love to see you, you know, when I get the opportunity. Okay. How about you? Who who you want to see? In yeah, concert? In concert. Oh, uh, probably Lady Gaga or Bruno Mars. Bruno's so much fun. I feel like I feel like Bruno's just such a fun guy. He's a great dancer. He yeah. seems like he's got a fun personality, and he's an incredible, talented singer. Yeah, he is. Huh? I heard he's making a movie with Disney, believe it or not. I'm not surprised yeah. because I feel like he hasn't done anything recently. Well, he just released an album with Anderson Pac, another artist I love. He did? It's called, they created a duo group called Silk Sonic. He did? The album is one of my favorite albums. Like, it's so good. It literally was released two, three weeks ago. It's so 1970s, it's nuts. Like, it's 1970s soul, but with a modern twist. Oh, I would like that. Oh, I gotta It's I gotta so hear that. good. And Anderson and Bruno sound great together. They're, they're, they, the harmony is phenomenal. Good. And it's. It's a throwback to the 1970s, that soul, you know, that Motown kind of I sound. I love that. But it's modern. Ugh. Leave the Door Open is the, the first single that's phenomenal. I got to play for you when this podcast is over because it's so good. Yeah. But Silk Sonic is phenomenal. And if they ever do come in town with Anderson and Bruno, I'll be right there. I love them both. All right. We're going to f- end with this question. Do you have a favorite um, way to listen to music? Like, is concerts your go-to? Or is it just headphones? Or is it making music? Or is it writing music? Or is it playing music? Like, what's your favorite go-to when it comes to listening to music? Or just music in general? My phone and headphones. <laughs> I, I love how <laughs> I think most people are like that. Except yeah, I love concert. vinyl. I, I, I've been a vinyl collector for many years. So I love uh-huh. vinyl. But I love the accessibility. Just scrolling my phone, picking the artists I want to listen to. I'll listen to this song. I'll play the next song. I'll play like songs in advance and I'll just play the songs. And I love, I have my pocket wherever I am. Like I literally right. brought my headphones in my pocket. So, uh, yeah. you, know, I, you know, later today I can just put my headphones on and, you know, walk around downtown or I decided to stay around here for a little bit and just listen to music. Yeah, just the ease of accessibility. And I think that's the gift of modern technology, right? You know, of, of course, we kind of talked about this in a different way. There's lessons and curses of modern technology and stuff like that. I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, my, okay, I have two favorites. One favorite, oh, I have three favorites. Crap. Okay. Sure, them all. Okay, one favorite is, like I said, I love to run. So I love listening to music while I'm running. Because my mind tends to go into fantasy land. Because, mm-hmm. okay, first of all, I get a runner's high. And music helps me get there quicker because mm-hmm. that. Cause the it just the pump up music gets me going, <laughs> so um, it just makes me feel good and it helps me run faster. So I love listening to pump up music; it just gets me in the mood. And then I also really love um, dancing. So I like to listen to when I go out dancing. I want a DJ that that can also kind of play pump up music. Right. I like to sing, and I like to sing with other people. It's usually like Disney songs or something. Okay. <laughs> Digi Disney songs, or just like sometimes you know you always have a song that's playing in your yeah. head. So I guess it's a Disney song or another song that's playing in my head that I'll just randomly sing on the streets <laughs> or in the shower or in my apartment, and I'll just be just burst out in the song. Oh, that's um, awesome! So I like to sing at random points, uh, day to day. I wish I could sing. I, I would love to do it, but I, I just don't, I don't have a good voice. Yeah, for me, it ranges. It depends on the song that I sing. <coughs> and it just depends on how tired I am. Right. And then, actually, there's one more. I do really like uh, theater. Yeah. Like absolutely. plays. My favorite play, and nothing can ever beat it, ever, is Hamilton. Okay. I am obsessed with Hamilton I love it so much like I don't like history like not that I don't like history it's just I'm not interested in history that much it's hard for me to really right. learn about it yes that is just not an interest of mine <coughs> but boy do I love this history Lynn Miranda is so talented <laughs> he's so talented I love it he has a new movie on Netflix that was phenomenal I know you, you know you don't watch movies often but it's uh Tick, tick, boom. 
Tick, tick, boom. And it's a, it's a true story about the guy who wrote Rent. Really? Yeah, and it's about his early, early in his career. And Andrew Garfield plays him. Really? And I did not know Andrew Garfield could sing, because I know Garfield as Spider-Man. I don't think I knew that either. But Andrew Garfield is one of the best voices you've ever heard. I'm not gonna say I ever heard, but I was They're so really surprised good. at this at hearing Spider Man sing so good. Yeah. But that was a great movie. Uh, yeah, I could believe it. Lin Manuel is oh my god, he is a blessing to society. <laughs> and his music is so cool. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so like he doesn't just follow the trends. He's a trendsetter. So yes, he's a trendsetter, and he's friggin' good at it. Yes. So. Uh, that's why I love Hamilton. Hey, that's I love a it. Fantastic musical. Good. My favorite musical is Jersey Boys. I, 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 not, <laughs> not my, that's a story of my yeah. I love, I'm a huge Frankie Valli fan. Nothing more so, changes that. No, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's but so uh, Hamilton and all Lynn Miranda's stuff is really interesting. It's so a quick Disney fact for you because we're talking about Disney. Right? What? And that you're you know you're a Disney fan. I'm I'm also a Disney fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Grew up with Disney. I just the, the, the musicals and the movies I created is awesome, but. Beauty and the Beast just turned 30 years old within the past couple of days. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so nuts. It's hard to believe the movie's 30 years old. And Little Mermaid turned 32, 33. That's great music. You know. It is. Again, I'm a dude. I don't watch princess movies I've been, time. I've been listening. To, actually, yeah. that those are the songs that have been in my head yeah. lately. I've been singing randomly. is The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I've been singing um, Kiss the Girl. Great song. Part of, part of Your World. <coughs> And um, Under the Sea. And here's the thing. The lady that plays Little Mermaid, her name is Jodie Benson. Uh-huh. I've never met her, but I've seen her at Comic-Cons and I've heard stories about her. <laughs> yeah. Again, I've never met her, but she seems like the most sweetest lady you ever meet in your life. Yeah. What a, what a cool lady. She's 60 now. Uh-huh. Um, but phenomenal. And again, I just, I, just, I just love history. So I, I you know, study Disney history. Again, I'm a guy, so it's not like I go put on, it's not like I go put on a princess movie every day. But... But just the music and just the, the art of it is so talented. You got to appreciate it in some way. Yeah. It's if, really if anybody good. ridicules me for doing that as a guy, I don't care because I, I appreciate art. Yeah. You no. know. Just be you. I really appreciate you coming Absolutely. on and Absolutely. sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And sharing all your music history and preferences and experiences and we had a little bit of a diverged beginning, but we, we yes. got into it. Yes. We did. Anyways, right, again, yeah. thank you so much for coming. And Absolutely. listeners, I uh, listen next time on Genuine Connections.